0: Right गेकिन्दे इरुवत्त ताम्ते अध्यायति लेके एल्ला स्रोधा करकम
1: Mariam speaking listeners what Vishnu just said is uh, this episode we're going to talk about the evolution of languages especially the South Indian Dravidian languages
0: of course thanks for translating that for me
1: oh yeah like (laughs) uh, you couldn't do it
0: (laughs) I don't know I just uh, thought you know um, since there are so many languages in this world and especially in India Hmm uh if you take any any small region as you travel through the language keeps changing that's the beauty of india at yeah, least yeah uh,
1: i think uh, the boundaries are made uh, depending on linguistic differences yeah in india the
0: states are divided based on the languages uh mostly but there are certain common languages as well. Yeah. And uh, some of these languages can be traced back to a common, um, you know, proto-languages if you go back through history. That's what we're going to talk about today. So before we start, let's talk a little bit about how this language itself came into being. Hmm. So we have been discussing a lot about human evolution in a few episodes. Uh, we spoke about the genographic project and we also spoke about the click languages that some bushmen in africa are still using right so those were the primitive kind of languages which came into existence um there is no hardcore evidence for languages because it's not an easy field to study so if you're looking at uh, the basic structure of animals and human beings we have fossils and other uh, pieces of evidence which we can put together and understand the kind of life that we led but because language was always spoken and there was not a written history of language until the egyptians started you know scripting their hieroglyphics graphics uh, maybe around 5000 years ago we do not know how this language evolved uh, just because there is no written history so it's more about speculations and um, you know kind of uh, tracing back the human anatomy and trying to understand when we started developing vocal cords uh, that were capable of speech so the current theory is that we st- uh, human beings started communicating in primitive kind of languages uh, around a hundred thousand years ago that is when a single being had this mutation which um, helped them in Developing a part of their brain which was essential in communication. And in those early stages, the speech was not as complex as it is. So if you look at the uh, life of a human being 100,000 years ago, he was mainly a hunt- hunter and gatherer, right? So it was a uh, it was a time in which humans were mostly under danger from various natural uh, calamities and even animals and predators and all that. Language would have been primarily uh, used to warn others of dangers. So that's how it started. Uh, Or to inform the group about uh, finding food or, you know, a lot of animals to hunt on. So that's how the languages would have started until later at a stage when humans started, you know, developing tools and uh, other equipments for hunting. Each of these tools would have been given a name by one single individual, okay? They would have just chosen a random word to, uh, you know... uh, mention about that tool and that would have been shared by all the others in the group and that's how slowly the words started developing in language
1: i've got like two things to uh, talk about right now first is uh, so languages are pretty recent if you say that uh, primitive humans started talking in like simple languages over like 10000 100000 years ago mm-hmm. so it's comparatively pretty recent and uh, another thing is yeah language came out of a necessity it was not like you know they they just made it and they're like hey we can use it to communicate it was it came out of a necessity because they wanted to warn or like inform people about stuff
0: yeah the theory of evolution like you know survival of the fittest also fits here because the ones who started having this knowledge of lang- uh, language like communication like warning the others of the dangers those are the ones who could survive some kind of peril mm-hmm. right so Naturally, the ones who uh, moved forward with their generations uh, were the ones who had this capability of developing a language and communicating effectively with other human beings. So evolution and this uh, survival of the fittest theory also fits here. So unless you know how to communicate, you cannot warn other uh, mates from your same group. Hmm. So whoever were good in communication, they could survive through the peril.
1: I think the same applies even now.
0: (laughs) yes especially in today's society it does yes um so a little bit about languages there are over uh, 6500 languages in the world wow but um more than half of the people in the world speak only the first major 20 languages so there are a lot of languages which are dying out there was a time when it was dying out at a rate of one every 14 minutes or something like that so because uh there are v- uh, many isolated languages which have very few people who speak them, right? For example, there's a language called Manx. I think mm-hmm. it's called Manx in Isle of L- Isle of Man, which okay. is a small island right next to the Great Britain.
1: The uh, where the TT happens. Yes, the idea? race
0: happens. The most dangerous race in the oh, world.
1: Oh, they had their own separate language.
0: They had their own separate language. They don't have speed limits and on their <laughs> roads. So, there are so many interesting things about it. And, Good to know. Yeah, and this language... Um, actually was almost extinct back hmm. in the 60s, I suppose. Uh, now there are maybe around few tens of people who are speaking, maybe around 70 people who speak. This was as a result of uh, a project to revive the language, but otherwise it would have just died out. So there are a lo- lot of such languages which are dying out in various parts of the world. In India itself, we had 780 languages when we got independent, but in the oh. past 50 years, 200 of them have died out. And in the coming years, it will die out even more because if you look at the urbanization thing, right? Um, there are people migrating from their states to these metropolitan cities where basically the language is English, Hindi or something mm-hmm. like that. So majorly it is English these days because it's like a clo- common global language. And what happens in such cases, um, you are being, you are going away from your root. Your next generation not, doesn't necessarily speak your uh, native language. And also if there is an intermixing of, uh, you know, linguistic, classes like someone gets married to a person who speaks some other language they always find a common language to communicate
1: yeah it's mostly english uh, hmm. over here in india
0: so the next generation grows up listening to english so what happens is that they're they just kind of uh, lose the track of the basic native language that they were supposed to actually learn so that's that's how languages become extinct So the number of languages are coming down. I think it will go down even further.
1: Yeah. uh, As of now, I think uh, in India, like around 120 languages are recognized. Yeah. To be like, you know. Of
0: course. And in the world, um, the most number of speakers are for Mandarin language, almost a billion people. Second is Spanish, 470 million around, maybe half a billion people. Third uh, place comes to English. Wow. which has around four, 360. But most four of
1: the people have this misconception that English is the most spoken language in the world. Yeah, that is because
0: of uh, I, I think it's mainly because of the IT revolution where yeah. we are mostly using English. But other than
1: that, uh, English is not the most widely spoken. And, language. and the funny thing is, uh, when it comes to India, we have this notion that you know, you have to learn English no matter what, but there are like a lot of countries like Fran- France, Spain and all Russia. that, Russia, even uh, China, mm-hmm. Man, they learn only like Mandarin and can- Cantonese. They don't find the need to like learn English.
0: Yeah, mostly the learning, the need to learn English have happened after this globalization, right? Hmm. So for few people, they feel that having one single language which unites the entire world is the kind of a solution which will prevent, you know, a lot of miscommunication and it helps in having a common platform across the world for people to communicate. But coming to that is a difficult thing because who's gonna give up their native language like if you decide as english to be your global language are we ready to give up our la- native languages of mm, let's index. say malayalam hindi or Tamil, or Kannada or whatever it is
1: not really the most of the changes which happen like you uh, leave your native language and start uh, learning some other language it's because of the adjustments you have to make yeah. when, once you move to a new place or you're like Depending on the situation you're surrounded by, but uh, I think voluntarily no one would do that. Yeah, I, and it's not required because
0: basically your language is deeply rooted in your culture. It reflects a lot of lot about where you have come, where your generations have come from. So, yeah. uh, I don't think kill, yeah. killing of a language is a thing because it's your identity. Yeah, it's your identity, and there is a lot of history to your language which has evolved and which teaches you a lot about how life was in those times. So I think one language for all doesn't, uh, you know, really make sense. It's good to have a common language, Hmm. but not at the expense of your own languages. That's what I feel. So, yeah. So this is a brief about how the language is origin, but uh, coming a little bit towards our side where we are from. We are from basically from the south, southern part of India. And um, there are majorly four languages. Uh, which are called as the Dravidian languages. Mm. Our native language, which I just spoke some time back, is Malayalam, which is a relatively new language if you compare to the other three languages. And the three other languages are Kannada, Telugu, and Tamil. And I mean, most of them pronounce tam- Tamil as Tamil, which is not true. Not the, Tamil. Yeah, it's not the correct <laughs> way of saying. Though we write it as Tamil in English, it's Tamil. So tamir, you have yeah. that ra sound which comes towards the end which is absent in many other languages. Yeah
1: even uh, Malayalam has that ra sound.
0: Yeah. Malayalam has that so Malayalis can actually say Tamil Rishi just like uh, Tamilian yeah. uh, the people from Tamil Nadu can and uh, it's Tamil Kannada and Telugu, Telugu. yeah
1: telugu is actually Telangu? no it's huh, it's telugu. telugu i think okay. it's a
0: it's a misconception towards uh, kerala side that people think it is Telangu or something uh-huh. like that okay, right? it's okay. it's not that so um, so these are the four major languages um, malayalam being the relatively new but the other three are you know very uh, old heritage
1: so uh, if i remember correctly it's uh, tamil which is the oldest language that is again
0: a controversial subject uh, it, you know, as a result of my research that I did for a few days. Um, yes, even I thought Tamil was the most uh, earliest language uh, until recently.
1: Okay, so you said it's controversial. Will it land us on in some kind of trouble? It shouldn't because if people are open-minded,
0: they should not have a uh, problem. Then go contents. ahead, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so talking about this first language, right? So before any of these three languages, I'm not talking about Malayalam at this point because... Relatively a new language, mm. but there are, uh, there are again controversies, uh, you know, related to that, where people claim that it has roots uh, much, much before what yeah, it actually is. Right. So um, talking about three languages, uh, before Kannada, Tamil or Telugu existed, uh, there was this proto-Dravidian language, which was a language which forms the basis of all th- these three languages. Mm. And all three of these, um, kind of independently evolved from, uh, each other. So you cannot say that, you know what, Tamil was the first language and Kannada and Telugu came from it, or Telugu was the first language and Kannada and Tamil came. All of these had, um, a bit of independent, though they share a lot of common words. Like the word for milk is halu in, uh, Kannada. Same is, in, the same is called Pale in Tamil and Malayalam. So a lot of similar words are there. That doesn't mean that, that is mostly because of intermingling of people and trade and all that stuff. So you kind of borrow different words from different places and it goes through a set of evolution of its own. That doesn't necessarily mean one language is actually evolved from the other.
1: So it shows that all these three languages had one, uh, one common language yeah. behind it, like... It evolved from the same uh, place.
0: Right. So, this common language was mostly spoken uh, in the Deccan region uh, sometime around maybe 2000, roughly 2500 years ago. Wow. uh, Also a part of Harappa and Mohanjadaro uh, culture as well. Um, You'll be surprised to know that Dravidian languages are not just restricted to the southern part of India. There are parts of... There are certain Dravidian languages which are spoken in western part of Pakistan as well. What? Yeah. Because... The way you classify these languages, right, uh, so it's not based on, okay, this language is spoken in this region, so it becomes, uh, let's say, Dravidian or Aryan or whatever it is. It's based on tracing them back to the original proto-Dravidian language and finding the, you know, related syllables and words and alphabets and stuff. So there are different Dravidian, but even more uh, languages, I think there are 72 Dravidian languages which are known wow. uh, as of today. Which includes these four major languages, but those are not the only ones. Okay. So there okay. Is a, I think there is another misconception that, you know, only these four are the Dravidian languages. But no, there are others which are spoken in part of parts of Pakistan, some in, you know, um, northeast and some part of Orissa and all that. Even in some other countries like Sri Lanka and Southeast Asia as well. Sri Lanka is
1: still believable because it's close. Mm-hmm. So what you're trying to say is the people who spoke these uh, Dravidian language... They have migrated to like, a lot of other places. And it has led to expanding the like, uh, the reach of these languages.
0: Yeah, migration is one part of it. Yes, it has a it has been migration as well. But there is also one other thing to be considered. It is the trade that used to happen between India and other countries. Right? So... I'll come to a very interesting thing about how trading had an influence of our languages. I mean, by our languages, I mean the Dravidian languages in other parts of the world. There are are some uh, interesting studies on that. But ancient texts have been found uh, in the more flourishing parts of Greece and Alexandria, where, you know, scriptures written in Sanskrit and Kannada have been found. So um, that means there was an active... Uh, interaction going on between these two these different cultures, so India was a part of India was in the center of the trade at one point and uh, during the medieval times, yeah. so it's very natural that you know these languages kind of flow out of India into all these regions so, yes. yeah, so
1: trade is also an important someone thing. had to compromise and learn the
0: other's language, of course, otherwise trade. there's no business happening yeah. right <laughs> okay so um coming back to Canada, so Canada uh, came from a proto-Dravidian language. Proto-Dravidian languages uh, split into proto-north-Dravidian, central and southern. So Kannada and Tamil came from a proto-Kannada Tamil, which was a descendant of the southern Dravidian languages. One part of it evolved separately as Tamil and one went to Kannada. But this is again... Just a theory. And some say that it was Telugu and Kannada which evolved separately, right? Because Kannada and Telugu share the almost the same script. And there's so many words which are similar. Even Tamil shares share the same. The evidence for Kannada being a very old, old language exists. So we have uh, certain scripts and uh, certain stone engravings which have Kannada words dating back to like, you know, 3rd and 2nd century BC. Wow. So that is even before the time of Christ. And um Kannada language uh, is basically divided into three. One is the old Kannada called Hale Kannada, which is the Kannada term for old Kannada, which lasted from 450 to 1200 AD. Then you have the middle Kannada, Nadu Kannada as uh, said in Kannada, which is... See, all these words, I think we can kind of understand because we know Malayalam. Yeah, the, yeah. These are all the similar words which are being shared. So Nadu in Malayalam also means Middle. middle. I'm sure in Tamil also it's the same. I'm not sure about Telugu, but in Kannada it's the same. So there is something that is common, right? And then there is a modern Kannada, which is from 1700s to the present. Hale Kannada is what evolved into Telugu and Kannada is uh, another theory. The speculation. Speculation, yeah, again. Because if you look at Telugu and Kannada, they kind of share the same script as I mentioned earlier. Um, There is also a little bit of a... Uh, jainism influence to Kannada as well because uh, jainism was flourishing in this part of the country during the medieval times and pre-medieval times and there is a theory that the daughter of Rishabh Deva who was the first Tirthankara, her name was Brahmi she was the uh, one who invented Kannada alphabets this okay. is this is again a theory so hmm. um, there are you know certain studies which are in support of this because there are some of the Jain texts which have Kannada languages, which are in Kannada languages. And Kannada was flourishing at that time around the time of Christ. So like in the um, few centuries before and after BC. So this is what we know about Kannada from India. But during studies, th- there were certain very interesting things that uh, that came into picture. Um, looking at the culture of other Country? countries like greece and alexandria so um there is a place in alexandria where uh, there is an etching done on a stone wall there's a kannada word urali which is etched in a wall in, okay. in a place in alexandria urali means uh in the village okay. which is a kannada word again yeah Halli. and Halli that right. was a place where uh, around fourth during alexander's time there was a, there were a, around uh, a lot of uh ancient scriptures written in palm leaves were burnt and destroyed by accident many of these palm leaves were written in Kannada old Kannada and Sanskrit so that means even at that time there was an in Kannada influence in those regions which was like the Middle East and Mesopotamia area and another very interesting thing was that there's a Greek play called I think it's pronounced Chariton Mime I don't know actually how Hmm. it is pronounced Chariton mayam or something like that let's let's just uh call it sharitan mayam for okay. the ease of sure, uh, sure, you know sure. saying which is a which is a greek play which is a story about a greek lady her name is sharitan so the story goes something like this where uh she is either either stolen or she is uh, sold to a kingdom in india hmm. which is at the shore of arabian sea indian ocean arabian sea and in the play though it is written in greek the king of the land and the subject, his subjects speak a special language which is not understood by anyone in Greece. Which is uh, completely a different script and the, uh, the language itself is different in the play. And scholars have been able to identify that language containing many, many Kannada words. Wow. So they say they, the entire entire story happens in India. So it's like uh, this lady is stolen. And she is put into a temple, a moon temple, where she uh, she is uh, given a position of priestess. Her brother and a, a court joker, jester, jester, they both go to, you know, uh, rescue her out of this country. They reach there and they try to, you know, escape and all that. That's what the story is about. Her brother kind of, you know, serves wine, uh, which is spiked. Okay. Um. <laughs> In that section of the play where there is a line, uh, which goes something like this, which the king is saying, Kuncha madhu patra ke haki.
1: <laughs>
0: so, this in modern Kannada translates to something like, can you pour a little, uh, wine into my cup? Roughly. So, yeah. that is what it is. It's really amazing that, you know, um, there was this Kannada influence uh, in that play, and there are some people who say it's not Kannada it was Tulu and some say it is Malayalam but yeah then again you can have as many theories it's as a you want. Dravidian language of course and the story uh, they say was set in an area around uh, southern Karnataka shore seashore side okay. so um, that's how this language influenced us and there are other references as well from history where uh you have heard of Pliny, the elder. Pliny or Pliny, I think. No it, idea. Let's say Pliny. He was one of the um, gener- generals in the army during the Roman ages. He, in his memoirs, he's written about a river called Netravati hmm. and place called Mangalore. Wow. So, these are the places which were in the world map at that point.
1: So, uh, we have this notion that the first foreign person who came to India is Vasco da Gama. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case actually
0: see vasco da gama came very recently yeah. but if you look at the christian influence and mm. even the islamic influence uh, in india that happened much before that, yeah, that yeah. so that means someone from europe has to uh, had come before that i think even in the in vasco da gama's time they knew that india existed it's yeah, not yeah, yeah, that yeah. they were thinking the first european came or something like that and even Ptolemy, who was a scientist, he has also mentioned different places in uh, southern regions of India, which majorly lie in Karnataka. And the story which I was mentioning earlier, the Charlotte and Mime, the analysis of the language that was used um, kind of puts the region where the story was taking place around a region between Karwar and Kanyangad. And Kanyangad, if you know, is a place in Kerala, Kerala. which was very close to my college where I studied. I have many friends who are living in Kanagad, So uh, it's really mind blowing that, you know, <laughs> such a small uh, region of uh, southern India can have such an influence in a Greek uh, play. So
1: Yay, we are in history. We are in history, <laughs> which, which, which
0: was, which was like, which was mind blowing fact hmm, for me. It, wow. It's something that I never knew. And I think many of us can, can be proud about this fact as well. Um, so Kannada evolved throughout the ages and um, a great deal of um, you know literature came out during this time so one of the earliest literary work is Kaviraja Marga uh, and the poetry is called Kappe Arabhata so so a lot of such uh, historical documents exist which was written in Kannada which started around 5th century AD that's Hmm. when written Kannada came in uh, came in as a part of uh, literature Um, also one of the major contributions to the language was um, in the form of Karnatic music. Oh, yeah. So, Karnatic music is uh, the classical music of Southern India. So, most of the Kirtans and uh, most of the songs are written in Kannada. So, Purandara Dasa was uh, the one who composed a lot of Karnatic songs, especially... And he he wrote all of these songs in Kannada language. It's even said that he wrote about a quarter million songs during quarter his lifetime.
1: Million. Imagine how many songs you need yeah, to write in a day see, for that. Uh, oh person if he lives for like uh, 100 years it would be around like 35,000 days
0: <laughs> and I'm sure that he didn't start writing at the age of five yeah or he, I don't know
1: let's say like 15 hmm. and he lived for like 70 years 80 years yeah that'll give him like 65 years that's it
0: yeah I know you have learned a little bit of Carnatic I have learned as well mine is even less than yours you have heard of this raga called Maya Malava which is yeah. the first language that is being taught when you learn Carnatic music. First raga. First raga, yeah. yeah. I think it's the 15th raga or something. Purandara Dasa. 14th. 15th. 15th. Maybe, maybe. it's debatable. I don't know. We can check later. Uh, that raga was, um, you know, invented by Purandaradasa.
1: So this man is a legend. He is a legend.
0: <laughs> Who can create a quarter of a million songs? I
1: don't know. By the way, you know Yeshudas, right? Mm -hmm. He has sung around 70,000 songs.
0: 70,000, that should be a record, uh, right, in the whole world? Probably, yeah. And um, by the late 9th century, uh, Kannada was spoken from Godavari to Kaveri region. Mm. So that's like part of Maharashtra all the way, Karnataka to some parts of Tamil Nadu as well. Yeah so this is uh, basically how Kannada evolved and uh, during the late 17th century to present is when it took up its current form and um, filled up the region which we now call Karnataka but my most interesting discovery was the connection in the with the Greek uh, See, play and that, Kannada that I
1: I'd never like even imagined like something of that sort would happen anyway uh, yeah so what we have learnt as like, you know, Kannada, Telugu and Tamil have a lot of things in common. Yes. Even with Malayalam. Malayalam well. But uh, Malayalam is like a little bit different because it's recent and it, it has its own uh, writing and mm. all that, which is... Quite different from the other three. In fact, Malayalam has the most
0: number of alphabets than any other language.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was it was actually very tough to learn. Because the of number it. of
0: uh, <laughs> syllables and uh, all that are much more than any other language mm-hmm. is what it is. Anyway, we will be continuing this discussion just for the sake of time. Let's uh, put a pause here. But we'll take it up in the coming episodes and discuss probably more about Kannada and other languages, uh, other Dravidian languages and eventually move out of India as well. Okay. Shubhadinam. <laughs> <laughs> not me <laughs> <laughs>